Welcome to the University of Coruscant. As part of your enrollment here, you have access to the attached Holonet recording. You've selected a lecture by Dr. Sonny Ravencourt on galactic history. You've selected a lecture by Dr. Sonny Ravencourt on blaster rifles. If you have any questions about this lecture or wish to contact us, please visit universityofcoruscant.com. Thank you so much, as always. You really do make me feel at home here. And speaking of feeling at home, how did you know that I love celebrations as much as I do? After every successful Holonet movie that I starred in, we would have fireworks. Well, one of you must have left a box full of them ready to burst open with color and explosion with a card on it saying, Only open outside. I took that card and immediately put it in my coat pocket so I wouldn't forget. Unfortunately, Dean Yomasta had called me into her office with a bunch of litigation droids for something, and I must have left the box there. The meeting was pretty boring, and I don't recall what they were saying to me. I was just so excited about receiving such a gift. Well, when I finally went back to get it, the whole wing was closed off and there were fire ships all over. It's a pretty new building. I wouldn't have expected a fire to break out, but I guess strange things happen. I'll go back tomorrow and see if my box is still in her office. I would love to see those explode. (laughs) If you're going to talk about weapons, then eventually you're going to get around to the blaster rifle. Now, I'm not going to do this correctly because when I use the term blaster rifle, I use it very loosely. And it's fair to say that I use it incorrectly. I wanted to do a class on blaster rifles, but I found that after some research, there's a few other ranged weapons that aren't blaster pistols that I just have to talk about. So instead of this being technically blaster rifles, it's more like ranged energy, non-blaster pistol long weapons, which is just the stupidest title ever. So instead, I'm going to call this class Blaster Rifles and have everyone tell me that three quarters of the weapons that I'm talking about aren't actually blaster rifles. But hey, what are you going to do? Perks of being a professor, I guess, right? But since we are calling this class Blaster Rifles, we might as well start with an actual blaster rifle. This is the most widely distributed, most copied blaster rifle to ever exist. And heck, it's even manufactured by our favorite blaster company, Blastech. You know, Blastech must have really been crushing the bottom line during the Galactic Empire because their E-11 blaster rifle was distributed to every single stormtrooper, and there were a lot of stormtroopers. So much that the name of the rifle is sometimes called the Blastech Standard Imperial Sidearm, or the E-11 Military Issue Blaster Rifle. This beauty that I'm holding right here is as stock as they come. And if you're into military history, you have probably even fired one. Just like this. Don't you just love that distinctive sound? Ooh, that last one nearly got away from me there. That is the benefit, though, of a military-grade weapon. Full auto. 
But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's break this guy down. The E-11 was powerful, light, and small. It fired a tight particle beam that was ideal for close combat. Its effective range was about 300 feet, but just fabulous at 100 feet. You could fire it as semi-automatic, a rapid fire, or even a pulse fire. You could refit it to fire just about anything from regular ammunition to grenades to darts. Even the stock on this thing was configurable in about three different settings, changing it from a very compact weapon to a longer, more stable rifle. A lot of its popularity came from that diversity. If you wanted to buy a lot of weapons to get a discount or something, then they better work in a lot of different situations. The E-11 could do almost anything that you wanted, but at its core, it was a close-quarter assault rifle. To help point that out, it had an excellent computer-enhanced scope that aided it in smoky, hazy, or dark environments. Stormtroopers, by their name, stormed places, and conditions were usually less than ideal. Well, the E-11 was designed to help them out in that regard. Another fun addition to the E-11 was the stun mode, and I guess that's for a nicer, gentler empire. Stun fire, as you may know, is a method of overloading a target's nervous system without doing any permanent damage. Usually you get paralysis, sometimes you get a catatonic state, meh, I mean you get what you get, right? They're not dead and that's good enough. The E-11 stun fire had a distinctive blue ring that dissipated outwards which was caused by an inefficient photogenic energy byproduct, which is just a really wordy way of saying that stunning wasn't exactly what the E-11 was designed for, but, you know, it did it just fine. Like I said earlier, the E-11 was everywhere. Pretty soon you had knockoffs, but really well-made ones. Some of the original designers left Blastech and joined the Rebel Alliance, creating a Rebel version that improved on the cooling system, which consisted of long tubes of a chemical called Freelol. Eventually, Blastech allowed a company named Sorasub to make the Sorasub Stormtrooper 1, which is basically identical to an E-11, but they all ended up on the Rebel side, who named the gun Freedom 1. Because, of course they did, right? <laughs> They're rebels. I guess Blastech figured that if you're going to sell a weapon, why not sell the thing on both sides with a name that's appropriate, right? Next is the first of our not-blaster rifles. It's not a rifle, and it's not a blaster. What it is, is unique, and I am talking about a Wookiee Bowcaster. I don't actually have one of these with me because you have to take one from a Wookiee, and not even my Bothan associate was up for that task. You see, each Wookiee bowcaster is built individually for him or her. They usually receive them after completing some sort of Wookiee rite of passage, and getting this weapon is a true honor. Hence, not very easy to find these on the secondary market. The Bowcaster is a really interesting piece of technology because it combines the old with the new. It looks like a mix between an archaic crossbow and a blaster rifle, but with two large spheres on each end of the crossbow arms. The way it works is truly genius. 
The two balls on each side create alternating positive and negative pulses, which also power the bow string. The ammunition is an explosive quarrel or short metal arrow. When the trigger is pulled, the explosive quarrel travels the length of the shaft and is energized by the two polarizing balls. What comes out of it looks like an elongated blaster bolt, but the energy is putting a sheath around an explosive quarrel. So when it hits something, all the energy of the explosive quarrel is released into a very small area, making it pack a terrific punch. There is rumors about needing a Wookiee's strength to fire one of these things, but I think historians have more or less debunked this. There's some pretty good evidence that a human could fire one, but again, you would have to get it from a Wookiee, and Wookiees are not the most trusting of species. Well, I mean, that's true, isn't it? Do you have a bowcaster? And can I borrow it? Yeah, I didn't think so. Maybe someday my Both and Associate is going to run across one of these in the lower levels. You would be amazed at what you can find on the secondary markets down there. Okay, I have two more, so stay with me on this. This one I actually do have a version of. Can anybody tell me what this is? Hey, we do have a Geonosian here. That is right, it is a Geonosian Sonic Blaster. At least this one has blaster in the title. But it definitely doesn't fire blaster bolts. A sonic blaster, as you would expect from its name, fires a sonic blast. You see, Geonosians figured out that you could use sonic waves to help the mining operations blasting rocks apart. And as we all know, once you can destroy something with a new invention, it is only a matter of time before it's militarized. It's not a long-range weapon having an optimum range of only about 15 meters, but boy, do you not want to be inside that 15 meters. It emits a sort of high-velocity, expanding, pulsing sound wave that can, and I am not exaggerating here, that can rupture all of your internal organs. <laughs> that is right. No injury on the outside, soup on the inside. I guess the good news here is that you're pretty much dealing with instant death, though. The weapon itself also has another strange bonus feature. Unless you share Geonosian physiology, well, it's really awkward to fire. So let's have a couple of you come on up here. Yep, just come on right up onto the stage here. Okay. Now, I want you to put your hand here, and you put your flipper here. Well, I don't, I don't know what that's called. Just watch where you're pointing this thing. Awesome. See? It can be done. Just not easily. I'm sure HR is not going to be thrilled that we just did that, but I mean, hey, education, right? Thank you very much for your help. You guys can go ahead and sit down now. And finally, we have a weapon that I spoke of in an earlier class about bounty hunting. What I'm holding here is a 10 Loss Syndicate DXR-6 Disruptor Rifle. I am definitely not allowed to have one of these things. They are banned nearly galaxy-wide because, frankly, they are just instant death machines. 
A disruptor rifle shoots a short-range beam which affects the target on a molecular level, turning it to ash. The word disintegration is typically used to describe the outcome, which is probably the key reason why it's banned. You can't investigate something that's not there anymore. At all. If a bounty hunter is carrying a disruptor rifle, he or she has no real intention of capturing the target alive. It works basically the same way as a blaster by exciting gases, but it does it on a massive scale. It's actually pretty inefficient because it sacrifices everything to increase the power to the max. So you don't get a lot of shots off and you need to be about 10 meters away, but whatever gets hit in that range is gone. This is a fan favorite of criminal syndicates like the Black Sun, and you can really only get them directly from Tenloss, the company that specializes in disruptor tech. That's all I'm going to say about this thing, because I'm already going to have to lie to a lot of people if they find out that I have one. Okay, question time. Step up and introduce yourself. My name is Blomonti. I would like to know if there's a market the non-energy weapon rifles. Well, my Kaminoan friend, I'm going to make a guess as a fairly traveled famous person and say yes, but with a but. There are many planets that have civilizations that use non-energy weapons, but they're nearly always cultures that haven't yet advanced to that point. For example, Tuscans on Tatooine still prefer a rifle called the 6-2 AUG-2, which was made by the Zerka Corporation. It fires a slug, which is pretty archaic, but the Zerka Corporation wouldn't keep making them if they couldn't make any money. So, if you're interested in supplying backwater planets with very specialized archaic weapons, then sure, I mean, you have a market, right? But... Nearly every civilization graduates to some sort of blaster technology simply because they are the most effective and efficient weapons out there. And there's a ton of them, so they're pretty easy to acquire. Okay, um, there appears to be some Gamorreans gathered at the door, and they're pointing at me, so no homework this week, and I will see you all later. This concludes your selected lecture from the University of Coruscant. For all questions or to contact us, please visit the universityofcoruscant.com.